0: Welcome back to the SCF Highway to Hope podcast here on Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo. I am your host, Shannon Courier, the Director of Philanthropy with the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. And as always, I'm joined by my producer, Greg Thompson. Greg, we are back with episode five of our series on financial health i'm going to say it again don't turn it off don't tune us out this is good information you don't want to miss out on it even if you don't pull the trigger on anything now it's information that is educational that could help you further down the line and it will continue to live out there in perpetuity so you can come back and take notes there may be something you ponder six months from now and you say wait a minute i remember hearing about that on that series St. Christopher Fund did.
1: Well, and if folks have gotten to part five, they are tuning in. This episode is dedicated to life insurance. And if you're like me, you can be superstitious, right? You're like, am I gonna die here in the next two weeks? And as we've said many times, nobody knows. In fact, just earlier this week, somebody that's maybe three months older than me was the picture of health, the Navy veteran, a dad, and had just started a new job. He dropped dead at his job. It just made me think about, do I have my basis covered? And yes, I have life insurance. Yes, I have a will. I know that a lot of our listeners out there do have some of the basics in place. Hopefully you have life insurance. Hopefully, as we talked about in the earlier episodes, you have health insurance. But this series is really designed for us to pause, to look, to consider all of those things that could happen. Because, Shannon, as we've discussed, with life insurance, it's not about you. It's about your family. It's about folks that you want to make sure that you take care of.
0: Right. And honestly, we insure everything just about in our lives. We insure our houses and our cars and sometimes even our pets. But sometimes we don't think about insuring ourselves. We should. It's really not about you. It's really about if something were to happen to you, what kind of financial shape are we leaving our family members in, our kids in, whoever the beneficiary of that policy is? how are we leaving them? Do they have the funds they need to bury us or cremate us? Do they have the money to pay off a house if it's needed or even stay in a house if needed? There's a lot of grief that goes along with death, obviously, from a family. This kind of policy, a life insurance policy, takes some of that stress off and allows a family to grieve because they know the financial part is taken care of at least for a little while. So it's super important.
1: Absolutely, and one of the things that I really like about this episode is that it goes beyond life insurance. We talk about short-term disability and we talk about long-term care. These are things that can be uncomfortable conversations. Again, if you're superstitious like I am, or you just don't want to get there, but to make sure that you have yourself properly covered because Shannon, you guys bring this up in the episode. Unfortunately, in this industry, lifespans on the average are much shorter than average lifespans in other industries. We're talking about early 60s is the lifespan of the professional driver. That's just on an average, but it's a reality. So when you look at life insurance and you look at short-term disability. Another thing that Sarah brought up in detail, which is long-term care insurance. These are things that as we build our financial house and we want to make sure that we're taking care of our family, we have all of these aspects in place. So our family, those beneficiaries, they are taken care of and we're not a financial burden to them because of what we didn't do to prepare for this.
0: Right. And again, we talk about several types of insurance in this episode. Again, it's not take everything out all at one time. That's difficult to do if you don't have any of these coverages. You could be looking at quite a bit of money all at one time, and that depends on your age, but can you take out one? And then as you are in a better financial situation, go back and add the next one to your financial house it's like having file folders. Okay. We've got something in this one. We've got this one taken care of. And now we're used to living on this amount of money. After having life insurance taken out or health insurance taken out, now I'm comfortable living on that. Can I do without another $40 a month or $40 a week? Whatever it may be. I don't know what the numbers are for each individual person, so I'm just throwing numbers out there. You can check those boxes off and add and make your financial house stronger and stronger and stronger as the years go by, which makes your legacy for your family stronger and stronger and stronger as well.
1: Well, let's take a listen to part five of our financial health series as Shannon talks to Sarah about life insurance and other coverages.
0: We're back and we're talking with Sarah Cullen from New York Life. Sarah, can you talk to us a little bit about life insurance?
2: I think this is probably the most controversial type of insurance there is out there. People either love it and they get it, or they stay as far away from it as possible. And I think that this can be a very confusing sector of the insurance industry because on one hand, it seems very black and white, like life insurance. It pays out when you pass away. That is in part true and in part not. There's a lot of different types of life insurance out there. And you got to have the type that is right for you and your family and your finances. But especially in the transportation industry, we see... Most of the drivers that I work with are actually extremely underinsured. And that's because, not in all cases, but in a lot of them, they are the primary income earner. They're away from the home. So a lot of them have families. A lot of them have children. And because they're away from the home for such extended periods of time, usually the wife does not work. She's at home taking care of the kids. Or if she does work, it's part-time. She's bringing some income in. But the majority of that household income is coming from the driver. Like you said, with the health stuff and the heart attacks, we always think it's never going to happen to us. And I think that's a similar thing when it comes to how long we're going to live is we all like to think we're going to live as long as possible. And that just isn't the reality for most of us. Just anyone in general, even outside of the transportation industry, but specifically in the transportation industry, I don't think that everyone really thinks about the impact that an early death has on a family, especially when there are children at home, especially if the wife isn't working or she's not bringing in a lot of income. What happens to that household if the father passes away early? Maybe that household is used to having $75,000, dollars $100, $150,000 of income come into it. And without that driver anymore, two, three, four kids that are under 10 years old, a wife who's busy taking care of those kids. Now, if the wife has to go and work, now she has to pay someone else to take care of the kids. It's already a very emotional situation when someone in a household passes away earlier than expected. And then if you add on financial stress, it just makes the situation like hot lava. It's awful. I think one of the first things that wives ask when their husbands pass away is, did he have any life insurance? The worst thing is when we have to say no, or he decided not to opt into it. It's an important piece of the protection and the foundational layer of the house. And that goes to say, if the wife were to pass away, it's important for the wife to have it too, because if the wife were to pass away, now the husband isn't at home, his job requires him to be away from home. So who's gonna take care of the children?
0: There's a lot of scenarios. There's a lot of women on the road. Now there's more and more women on the road. And some of those are single moms who have maybe grandparents that have stepped in to Mm -hmm. help. So this mom can make the money that she needs to make to support her kids. There's just a lot of extended families out there as well. There's a lot of stress. And then if that person that has the income has to come off the road, where does the income come
2: from? Exactly. And I think it's so funny because my husband and I, we have an eight month old and I stayed home with her for the first six months and worked from home. And it wasn't that difficult. It got very difficult. Once she started moving and babbling, we had to find a babysitter and we have a part time babysitter. And my husband was kind of like, Oh yeah, we just bought property like now we got to pay a babysitter. And I'm like, Whoever's not watching the children, they don't think that childcare is an expense when the homemaker or the wife is a person at home with the kids. It's almost like it's free, but it's really not free. If that person is no longer able to take care of the kids or they're not here, like it actually becomes a pretty large expense. Especially if you're looking to bring someone into the home that was doing what that wife was doing. They're at their home with the children. They're interacting with them. They're doing hands-on activities. They're cooking that is expensive. That's a nanny. You're going to have a live-in nanny. And most people aren't going to have a live-in nanny if a wife were to pass away. But regardless, child care is an expense, no matter which way you decide to do it, whether it's a babysitter, whether it is someone who's living in and helping. And you mentioned some families, they have their parents, the grandparents that are helping to take care of the kids while they're over the road. And that's something else that... Families need to be prepared for is that, unfortunately, our parents aren't always going to be here, so you have to take a look and see how's the health of that grandparent, what's their age, is this something that they're actually, are they really going to be able to help out with the kids long term, what is our plan if something happens earlier than expected, so... This protection layer is really, really, really important, and these are uncomfortable things to think about and uncomfortable things to talk about. So I think that that is also why, when it comes to that protection layer and the insurance stuff in general, a lot of people are just like, I don't want to deal with it. Like, I have time. Like, I don't need to do this right now. I have other things on my mind. Like, I'll revisit this. And then when they revisit, they usually revisit it when you're experiencing a problem yourself, or you experience something that's happened to a family member or a close friend, or if it's too late. So we. We always want to try and take these preventable measures. Kind of going from the life insurance, the next thing I want to talk about is disability insurance because the life insurance is like kind of black and white. You're here and then you're not. But disability insurance. So this is a type of insurance that really should be in everyone's protection layer because this is going to protect your income if you're not able to work. So for W-2 employees, this may be offered through an employer. If you're an independent contractor, like you should have some type of disability insurance because if you're not able to work due to sickness or like illness or injury, whatever it is, your disability insurance Insurance, there's short term and there's long term. So they're both going to pay out a percentage of your income for different periods of time. But you have to think to yourself, if something happens, even if I get sick, COVID, people got sick from COVID. They weren't able mm-hmm. to work some of them for months. So you have to think to yourself, how long could I go without a paycheck? Can I go a week? Can I go a month? Can I go three months? Can I go six months? And disability insurance doesn't pay a hundred percent of your income, right? Exactly. So it's usually a percentage, I would say normally between like 40 and 60%, depending on what type you have in place. So it's not going to pay your full income. So it comes back to, you still got to be disciplined. You still need to be planning. You still need to have a little bit of a cushion, but this is a layer of that protection. I think it's bypassed a lot. It's really, really important because it can happen to anyone. Sometimes it isn't even an accident that takes people out of work. It could be something like an illness. It just helps people to be better prepared and make sure that that foundation in the house doesn't have these cracks. And this is another thing. It's like no one wants to use their disability insurance. You don't want to be on disability. But you want to have the insurance in place as a safety net so that if you are, it doesn't begin to devastate your financial house. And that's really true with anything that goes into that protection or foundational layer.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. And I almost feel like that's a reflex because this conversation can be so heavy. I mean, you're talking about life and death, death type preparation, but it has to be talked about early on not when you're in this life and death situation. It is a heavy conversation. It is a lot to consider and a lot to think about. And we don't want to think about it because we think, oh, I'm too young to think about that. But that's when we need to be thinking about it is when we're young so we can start those plans and start building that foundation for the long term. We have to start that early. So talking about it early on is what needs to be done. All of this is heavy. It is, but it's got to be talked about.
2: Yeah, I save the heaviest type of insurance for last. <laughs> <laughs> But I think this is a really important part in that foundation layer and it's long-term care insurance. This gets overlooked quite a bit, actually, probably more than disability insurance and life insurance. But long-term care insurance, essentially what this is, is it's a type of insurance that we put in place for kind of like our last few years in life. It's when we're elderly. A lot of states are actually starting to mandate that this becomes something required that people have in place. And if they don't, you're going to see a tax penalty. So this isn't something that happens overnight. There's a handful of states that have already done it. You're going to start seeing it be something that's more common. But basically what this is, is it's insurance for when you get to an elderly point, and you're not able to dress yourself, bathe yourself, transfer yourself from one place to another, eat on your own, go to the bathroom on your own, all those kind of daily acts of living, when those become difficult for you to do, you need assistance doing those things. I think a lot of us are like, oh, my family's got me. My family's gonna take care of me. In theory, which is what we would all like, but that can't be someone's plan because you could have a family member who passes away earlier than expected. You could have a family member that maybe their health isn't the greatest themselves. They can't really take care of you when you're in your 80s or your 90s now. So there's a few options when it comes to this. You can have someone come into your home and assist with these things part-time, maybe at first, but then as you kind of progress and you get a little older, you get closer to when you're going to pass away. You might need more full-time care and you can choose to have that done in your home or you can go to a nursing facility. But these are types of care that are very expensive. So the options that people have is you either have the money set aside and you pay for it yourself. You can have long-term care insurance in place. So basically if you're unable to do two of the six daily acts of living, that is when you can have your long-term care insurance kick in and it'll pay out to you monthly. From there, you'll take that monthly amount and use it to pay for the care that you need. And what can happen when people don't have this in place, it's really, really sad. The government will step in. You can utilize Medicaid and Medicare. But government assistance is never the best. It's not lavish or luxurious at all. And the sad thing is that in our final years, I would like to think that we want to be comfortable. We want to be around our family, our friends, our children, if we have any. And when Medicare and Medicaid step in, you don't get to choose who comes in to take care of you. You don't get to choose who comes into your home. It's whoever is available. You don't get to pick out a nursing facility. You get sent to wherever there's an open bed. It could be hours away from your family. The part of this that I think is really heart-wrenching is there's a big market for elderly abuse that happens. If you don't have the means to put yourself in a position to be taken care of by who you want to be taken care of or where you want to be taken care of, there are just some unfortunate things that can happen. There's people out there who are not good people and they take advantage of people that are in their final years. People who are not like physically able to defend themselves or even mentally. There are people that suffer from Alzheimer's and dementia and things like that. So long-term care insurance, it's something that I think a lot of people don't know what it is, but it also isn't something that you put in place when you're like 20 or 30 years old. This is something that it should be on the radar when you're getting closer to those retirement years. You're kind of closer to that 55, 65 range. And depending on what your plan is and who's helping you structure your plan, there's other types of insurance that might have long-term care like included in it. I've seen life insurance policies that have a long-term care solution in it so that when you get to that point, if you need that care, you can actually take some of your life insurance and turn it into a long-term care plan. And if you don't end up needing it, then it just stays in your life insurance. This is another part of the protection, the foundational layer. It's an important piece of the puzzle, I think.
0: You never know if those family members that you think are going to be able to care for you can care for you, but your physical illness or ailment you may be dealing with it at the end of your life may be more that family member can handle on their own. Maybe they need additional assistance. And that's where this can come in and a lot of people don't have this type of coverage and it is something to think about later in life, but not when you're there. There are some laws that go along with how things have to be structured. My parents, they're 80 and 76, 75. They don't have long-term care insurance. I'm an only child. Luckily they live like 30 minutes from me so I can get to them easily. They're still living on their own, but starting to deal with this now if you're not able to financially do it yourself without long-term care insurance, the government will come in and they'll take assets to cover the cost this care that the government will need to provide for them. So these things you think, oh, my parents are going to leave me this house and these cars and this money or whatever, that won't be there. The government will take that to cover the cost. A nursing home, the government will come in and take those assets and take that money. And again, leave you without what you thought you were going to have.
2: Yeah, and that's a really good point that you made because that is true. And I believe that for Medicare and Medicaid to step in, I mean, you have to have virtually no net worth and no assets. I think it's like $2,000.
0: Like my parents have three cars. Well, they don't need three cars, but I could buy those cars off them or they could gift them to me or whatever. But that has to be done five years before they need their care. It's not like they can gift it to me today and then we need Medicare to step in and help. They're going to go, no.
2: Yeah, exactly. And that's another thing is that if you work hard your entire life and you build your assets, and I think every parent is different as far as what type of legacy they want to pass down to their children, but by not having long-term care insurance, if you don't have the money for it, like everything that you've worked so hard the last 30, 40 plus years to make sure is put in place, has been paid off. It's something that can be passed down to your children that can all go away very quickly if that care is needed and it's not in place. And I think another thing too is a lot of parents have this mindset. Well, I took care of my kids so they can take care of me when they're older, when I'm older. But your kids probably have kids that they need to take care of. Now they're raising children, they're probably working part-time or full-time. If they're the primary person taking care of their parents in their elderly years, I mean, that can be too much on someone's plate. And I think that we don't think about that. It's kind of like, well, I helped raise you. You help me when I get older. We call it even cycle of life is that, well, my parents had me and now I'm going to have children. And some point my children are going to have children. And I think it kind of unfair to rely on the family and fold to take care of someone in their elderly years, because now in their prime working years, that's when they're building their careers and they're raising their children. And that's a huge responsibility. And that's doesn't mean to say that they're not going to. Help their parents in those elderly years, and they're not going to visit them and not be involved. But being the primary person of taking care of someone when they're elderly, it's a big responsibility and it's a big time commitment, too.
0: What a beautiful blend to have the long term care insurance. You have your child, maybe you're living with them, even, but they're still able to go to their job, make the money they need to make to support their family, and also have you in their home, but they have assistance an outside person because you have this long-term care in place. So you really have a beautiful layout for the best situation. You have the care you need, but you also get to have that with your child, children, grandchildren, whoever that is. So it really is a good combination to have family that can and will take care of you, but also that outside assistance because being a full-time caregiver, it's a lot.
2: It's a lot with young kids and it's the time I think the fact that you have children, babies, they're not independent at all. You know what I mean? They can't really do anything for themselves. So we see this interesting like start of life. We kind of start down here and then we like move up this hill. We hit our peak at some point and then we start to hit this decline. And when we get to the final years in our life, it's like we're at a similar position that when we were born, the independence that we've been used to our entire life starts to dissipate. It starts to go away. So the amount of care that goes into taking care of someone full time time when they're elderly is pretty similar to the amount of care that it takes when you have a newborn baby. You're spending the same amount of time helping them do the same things. It's the cycle of life, but it's an important layer of the foundation. It's often overlooked quite a bit. So a lot of the protection components of this foundation layer can be overlooked. And one thing that I kind of want to note as well is I think for people who are listening, I don't want them to be like, oh my God, I need all these types of insurance. The majority of people overestimate how much insurance costs. And when you sit down with someone and you begin to put a plan together, And you begin to assess what your insurance needs are. Everything is customizable, pretty much at any insurance company. You can sit down with your person and say, look, I have $400 a month that can go towards my insurance needs. And that person is going to be able to take a look at what your financial obligations are, what your home life is. They're going to be able to take that budget and they're going to be able to come up with some sort of protection layer for you. I just threw out a random number there. It's going to vary per person. But when it comes to these types of things that, you know, people overestimate how much it costs and really whatever your budget is, you can go to someone and say, hey, I have X amount of dollars that can go towards this every month. What can we put in place? And they're going... To be able to help you put something in place and that something is always better than nothing.
0: Always better than nothing. It's the same thing with physical health. We've correlated this back to physical health many times. You're going to try to get healthier. You don't take 10 things and say, I've got to do all 10 of these things at one time. I've got to quit drinking soda. I'm never going to have pasta again. I'm never going to have potatoes again. I'm never going to have sugar again. That's not how it works and it's not sustainable. It's the same thing with financial health. There are a lot of ways that you can build your financial house. Do you have to do all of them tomorrow? No, you don't. Do you have to have the maximum and what is considered industry best from day one? No, but you can start building today. You can start building that financial house and building that safety and security that you need. You can start today. And then as you maybe make more money, or as you pay off some debt somewhere, you can allocate some funds to either put some insurances in place or to increase those insurances. So like you say, there's a place to start for everybody. And then you work with your planner to build a stronger, more stable financial house.
2: Exactly. And that's another thing too, is no one sits down and takes out all of their insurance needs in one sitting. So it's something that you start to put in place and you build upon it based off what you can deal. For a lot of people, you start your planning earlier. Your needs are going to change as you have children, as you get married, as you buy a house, all of those things. So those protection layers are going to change as well. And if someone's making more income, at some point you're going to want to protect more of that income. You sit down to have these conversations and figure out what you need. Really, it's never all or nothing in one sitting. It's a process, and it's something that whatever you put in place in your 30s, it's going to need to be reviewed. It probably is going to need to be tweaked within a five-year, ten-year span. Pretty much, that's a certain thing for most people. I want it to be something that's not as intimidating as a lot of people think it is.
1: That wraps up this segment in our financial health series featuring Sarah Cohen from New York Life on the SCF Highway to Hope podcast. Greg Thompson back with your host, Shannon Courier, the Director of Philanthropy at the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. Shannon, we heard some great information from Sarah, and I know that SCF has a lot of resources that can help our listeners as well.
0: We do, and I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope people listened to all of the information. If you didn't hear all of the episodes, please go back. You can listen to them individually, they do stand alone, but it is a six-part series. Listen and ponder what might be a next step for you if you need to take some of these steps. It's a lot of food for thought. It's a lot of education. It's a lot of things to consider in order to make your financial health stronger, to give you peace of mind for you and for your family further down the line. We have a ton of resources on the St. Christopher Fund website. We so appreciate Sarah from New York Life Sharing. We will have her information available as well if you would like to reach out to her. She is not making anything off of this. There's no sales pitch here. But if you don't know where to start, she would be a good place to start if you're wanting to put something new in place and really start to build that strong foundation or add to an already strong house that you already have.
1: Shannon, you are so right about all of the information that Sarah has shared with us throughout this series. And before we go, I wanted to give you one last opportunity to share with us the contact points for the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund.
0: Absolutely. So if you would like to learn more about the St. Christopher Fund, you can head over to our website at truckersfund.org we would love for you all to connect with us also on our social media accounts there's facebook twitter instagram linkedin we'd love for you to join us there you will see us sharing information about this podcast series on all of those platforms so whichever one you're on the most you will be able to find us there we hope you will consider some of the information that you've heard reach out if we can be of any help. Until next time, we're always about stay safe out there, soak up some good information, make some educated and good decisions for your future, put a smile on your face. Have a great afternoon and say hello to a fellow driver out there on the road.